targets anymore. It's just for the community only. Zach, I shut up. Oh, well, we could we could talk a little bit. So I, one of the ways I was thinking, I was thinking we could do this two different ways. One, I could talk for an, the whole time, which I think would be really boring. Um, and two, uh, I could talk for a little bit and kind of explain um, what we're doing in we're, we're kind of what we're doing in a in the course right now that's focused around designing a practice and we could kind of do a mini a mini workshop that's a bit more interactive exactly um, that maybe not everybody here uh knows you so can, can you say a few words about yourself i'm happy to introduce myself as well um and then we can decide which format we want to go hi everybody um my name my name is zach bell um i've known the week for a long time um we've been friends through many different phases of our life. Um, my background, um, most recently, I'll go, I kind of work from where we are and go backwards. Um, I uh, recently started a project called Namuna um, with my partner, Elise, and it is a nonprofit to help people who are spiritual but not religious find access to some of the same resources that people who follow traditional religions have access to namely uh community guidance and um and consistency ritual and ceremony these are things that we get from kind and of traditional probably the most connected person i know in the consciousness i don't know how to call it consciousness space right uh slash spiritual some kind of some kind of a space um before this uh we created a company called I helped co-create a company called Habitas, which we built, a, 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 what turned into a hotel company, um, all based around building spaces that help people connect to themselves, to the environment, and to other people as the height of luxury, not the built environment. So we see the kind of the built environment, not as like what luxury is, that kind of creates isolation, separation from self, from other, from, from environment. And so we created this company to help create connection to self, other, and nature. Um, and my whole and, and before that created a company called Return, which still exists from time to time. And we gather thought leaders on the edge of what I consider to be the intersection point of a cultural movement that we're part of. Um, I'm currently writing a, uh, a book called Not the Only One. And we're tracking the hundred year history of what I consider one of the greatest cultural and social movements in terms of scale and scope in the world. Um, where we've we're, we're witnessing and i'm sure many of you are m many of you feel this kind of the intersection of eastern and western worldviews and indigenous wisdom kind of intersecting together right now um to create a new way of thinking about the world it's kind of emer it's, it's emergent it, it's not happened yet um and we're very much the people creating it in, in the beginning parts of it so the book tracks the history over the last hundred years and it hinges on a moment that happened about 30 40 years ago which was what i consider to be um a printing press level moment in human history um, does anyone know what the time in history in Western in Western history? What do we refer to as the time before the printing press? Does anyone know what it's called? Or what we talk we talk about it as? Let, let's make this is a very informal, like just uh, unmute yourself. Yeah, you can throw it out. Yeah, and answer that. You, or you can throw a chat in. If no one wants to jump in. Yeah, there's the chat. There's the answer in the chat. I think I saw it. the Dark Ages. 
We literally call the time before the printing press the dark ages. And what do we call the time after it? You want to try again, Oliver? The age of enlightenment, right? So before the printing press is the dark ages and after the printing press is the enlightenment. And what we have, um, what the printing press did was it gave information from a small number of people to a larger number of people. And uh, about 30 years ago, we saw the mass adoption of the internet. And what that gave is all of the information to everyone for free. And we connected every single person in the world for free to communicate with each other. So I can only imagine that they'll call the time before the internet, the dark ages and the time after the internet, the enlightenment, you know, and there's this huge shift that, that what that created the largest first religious upheaval. And then second cultural upheaval that the Western world had ever seen. Um, resulting in the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, rationalism, the Protestant Reformation, all these huge moments. Um, and we are the people alive right after that happened on a much larger scale. So a lot of what I've been dedicating my life to is helping us kind of create the future. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of you know negative things that we attribute to, quote, the internet right now that are pretty much associated with just social media and not necessarily the actual technology itself. I take an entirely different stance on it and open it, having a discussion about it. Um, I think that it's the most optimistic and most beautiful future that the humans have ever seen is just right ahead of us. And we're actually living in it right now, but it takes reconciling. How do we identify ourselves in our spiritual practice now that we're in the face of every piece of information that's ever existed? No one's ever had to deal with that ever at scale we have to um you know to bring it back to kind of designing your practice a little bit it's like if very few people in the past have had options of studying like five different types of meditation understanding all the tenets of judaism christianity all the different sects of islam buddhism hinduism indigenous wisdom tribal wisdom no one's ever had to do that um and so it, it can be really overwhelming um and and so what we're, uh, what I think the goal is of the next, you know, what I always like to say is if you're alive right now and you're paying attention to things like this, you are designing the future that other people will live into. So we get an opportunity to kind of create worldviews or ways of life that um, I always quote Larry Harvey, the founder of Burning Man. He always said that we are creating, we are making possible today a way of life that people in the future will choose. Who, who here like had the opportunity who, who here is living the life that was one of the options our parents gave them when they were a young person i see zero you you are andrea you are you are doing one of the things that your parents said was an option yeah um i'm living between uh, europe and the sacred valley uh like and raising my kids unschooled and working part-time physically and part-time online and my parents told me basically that if I wouldn't go to college and have a regular career that I was no longer their child or something like that that's how I was raised and it so you're living like an entirely different you're you're living an entirely different life than the one your parents yes, and made available like maybe only two years that they accepted it they still don't believe that it's possible and that me and my children are still alive <laughs> and that that's what's so exciting and, and is, is it how's it going for you to report child 
Uh, Sunday's great. I mean, the game is working. My kids are almost, uh, my oldest is 17. It's from my family now because that I think we're getting a little bit, maybe the car ride is breaking up the call a little bit. Um, I think maybe we'll do that. But is everyone, does everyone else have a similar story? Like, are you living a different, like a different reality than the one that you, you're like, so, you know, what's, what's interesting is that's not true for the generation before us. You know, they, there was, there was stories that were given and they were lived into very, and now we are kind of like sprung free. And with that, it's, it's both amazing and terrifying. And I think in my research, it's like, this is why we see so much loneliness. This is why we see so much addiction. This is why we see so much fear. This is why we see people, because it's crazy to have to think about designing everything in your life from scratch with no template. Um, so what we're doing, um, what we're doing, at least with Namuna, is trying to just find templates that have existed in the past and help make them modern for people today. And and this really started as just a personal project um, of trying to make make sense of, of all of it. I think for those of you who saw my talk from the conference, it's like, you know, nowadays it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do a sound healing, a sound bath, a sound ceremony, a sound meditation. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't even know the difference between all of these things. I don't know if I'm supposed to burn Palo Santo or sage or hit the bowl or ding the bells or do a mantra or do yoga or eat meat or not eat meat or do Shabbat. Like I have so many things like, I just don't even, it just gets to the point of like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to, what should I do? None of it. Should I do all of it? Does any of it matter? And so um, that that's kind of what led us here. That's what I'm writing about. That's what I'm really, these are the things that I'm really passionate about right now. And um, calls like this and communities like this and the work that Luis doing is amazing because the, one of the main things, one of the main things you lose when you don't have a tradition that you're following in any way is community. Um, and, and we're as much as everyone likes to think like, um, I'm unique and special and I want to do it alone and I want to do it by myself. Um, we're just not, you know, we're not built that way. Do you know what, um, you know, the, like the concept of a monk meditating alone in the woods there's this like theory of like, oh, I'd just be a monk and meditate alone in the woods. Do you know what's what is with the monk what that's meditating alone in the woods? Like there's like a hundred other monks. <laughs> like, because the, you gotta take the trash out, and you gotta cook the food, you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta keep the lights on, you gotta it, there's a whole thing that requires a community to meditate alone in the woods. It's wild that that's the case, but it but it just is. Um um, and so what we could do if we want a little bit, um, we have a small group and Louis, do you ever do like, like breakout rooms or assignments or stuff like that? 
mm-hmm. or like little like workshop stuff in, in zoom calls no in, in the, the zoom call. no it was in calls no what do, what are you suggesting well i was thinking I, I we can i mean i could go a couple different ways but i was thinking to try like one of the things we're doing in the course is I'll talk a little bit about the templates for like designing practices. And then I could give everyone an exercise and an opportunity to share with each other, or we could just take five, take a break for a couple of minutes, let people write and then share out. Whatever works for you. We don't do break up, break out, break up though, okay. that either, but break out rooms. So okay, cool. if you want to I'll do that in a few minutes, um, and then we, whatever, it's your call. So whatever you design, okay, well, design your own call. <laughs> <laughs> but but so, so explain I'll t- a bit this design your practice thing. What you're that, saying—that's what, that's what I'll do next. Ah, uh, okay, thanks. Go ahead, man. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so okay, so the research has kind of led us down the the how do you design a practice? Like, how does one design a life? So what we um, what where the research pointed in the direction of is let's look at all the traditions that have existed since the beginning of time. Um, from, you know, tribal, um, like spiritual groups to like really organized modern religions from Buddhism and Christianity to Hindu and Wiccan and all the, and, and Islam and all the different religions that exist in the world. And kind of like religions are not so much a religion in the way that we have this really negative connotation of the word religion in our world today, but they were, you know, I think Buddhism used to call it the, the, the art of living. A lot of the Buddhist books were the art of living. And so a lot of the religions were just a method for living. How do I set up some rituals in my life to structure my day, week, month, year life that creates kind of an arc that I feel good about that creates a more beautiful life than I could do on my own. That's what these all things all started with. So I started looking at them all and dissecting them and what what you find pretty quickly is really consistent themes and the most consistent theme that we've had two similar consistent themes that create different time arcs one almost every art art of living or way of life or wisdom tradition has they mark life's great rites of passage birth coming of age marriage or partnership community service, elderhood, and transitions and death. It's really hard to find a group that doesn't do that. I actually haven't been able to find one that doesn't mark almost exactly those things. So when you look at things that are like, you know, myth-based, they're like, oh, well, maybe I believe this myth. Maybe I believe that myth. Well, the objective reality of a life is those things happen. Whether you're a scientist and you're calling it puberty or birthing or, you know, like creating a baby, like whether you track it from science or you track it from mythology or you track it from religion, those things just happen. And they and, and a way of marking them creates tr- great transitions in life and helps give shape to what would otherwise be kind of a formless life. And it gives shape from an objective reality, something that you can't argue with whether it happens or not. And not all of those things will happen to everybody, but most of them, but a lot of them. The second time horizon isn't the time horizon of a life, but it's the time horizon of a year. 
And the objective reality of things that happen in a year is the sun and the moon. The earth revolves around the sun and the moon revolves around the earth in very, very specific, very clear and very predictable ways. It's almost like you could build all of science off of it, which we pretty much have. Um, it's about 29.6 days it takes the sun to move the earth to move around them or the moon to move around the earth. And it creates really specific impacts. Like I can see a giant glowing ball in the sky. It then gets smaller. It is then gone. And the ocean moves drastically. And, and all of the water on the planet moves drastically. And then same thing with the sun, the sun moves around the earth moves around the sun very specifically. Um, and it has really observable impacts on temperature, heat, everything. Um, almost every wisdom tradition that I've found has a calendar that helps create rituals around these two things, the movement of the sun and the moon around the earth. The only major uh, worldview today that doesn't incorporate both of them is Islam, but they strictly follow a lunar calendar. All of the other major world religions of today follow the what's called the Looney Solar Calendar. It kind of sounds wacky. It's not like it's not Looney L O N O O N E Y. It's L U N I. Um, but it's the Looney Solar Calendar, and it be hybriding, mixing the two calendars together, has been some of the most ancient wisdom that's happened in the world. I was just in um, the Anthro Anthropological Museum in Mexico City, looking at, learning a bit about the the Mayan the Mayan cultures. Um, and the first thing they made was a calendar that helps push, like, kind of mush the sun and the moon calendar together to make something predictable. And you have to do things like every third year, there's an extra month. We do call it leap year here, um, right? Where we kind of, we need to navigate these three days. Um, the Jewish calendar has a 13th month every couple of years. I mean, these keep, things like Passover or Easter at the spring equinox. And it helps us give shape to life. And so whether you're a scientist, um, a police officer who tracks the full moon calendar because people go crazy on the full moon and they need to staff the department extra, or you're a you know tribal shaman, these are mom this moment, this objective, observable reality. People, you know how like you you talk about the full moon and people are like, "Ooh, you're woo woo." Well, it turns out you're ob observing objective reality um, more than anyone else, and so all the mythology of all of the different groups are based off of helping people keep to this calendar in some way. There's new moons, full moons solstices equinoxes and a new year which is usually around the lunar new year in most traditions the only the u.s like western new year's thing is an anomaly compared to the rest of the world um, most people are tracking the lunar new year um, in terms of just sheer numbers of people on the planet does anyone have any questions about either of those two kind of calendars like the life calendar or the yearly calendar before i move on So, so the reason that I think these are important is without them, 
the year just kind of moves and there's no real shape to it without just noting that there's something going on and doing some something around it. It doesn't have to be like burning a ritualistic man in the middle of a temple and spinning or like just noting that the moon is full and I might feel different noting. And it helps again, just like the rites of passage over a year, a life, it helps give form and shape to an otherwise shapeless time. Um, and in looking at kind of creating my own life practice, that's an amalgamation of all the things that's available that are available to me today from the sweat lodges to the sound healings and to the yoga. How do I fit it all together? Well, turns out that no matter what I do, I'm probably not going to reinvent the wheel of humanity that's been kind of progressing for thousands of years. So what if I just filled out the calendar, but without any pervasive and overarching mythology? What if I just said, here are the rites of passage that happen in my life? Birth, missed it, coming of age. I did a vision quest, luckily. I didn't really, but I was way later. I did it when I was like 23. I wish I would have done it when I was 14. You know, um, but it did have that effect on me. Um, I haven't been married yet. So I definitely want to keep marriage and partnership. I, I, I am do I am trying to keep community service. I'm definitely not an elder, but I want to respect mine. And I'd love to create rituals around death for when I, you know, when people in my, my life that are important to me pass. And then the yearly calendars, the new moons, the full moons, the solstices, the equinoxes and the new year. And currently what I'm personally doing that works well for me is my girlfriend and I set up an automated email that goes out on every new moon and full moon to each other. And on the new moon, we set our intentions and the full moon, we fill out a form that helps us set our intentions and the full moon. We fill out a form that helps us release what we're putting out. Um, and that's given a ton of structure to just, it's every 14 days, 14 or 15 days. Right. So it just gives me a ritual to do every time. And then something that's off of the moon, off of the the, the calendar um, that we set up that I love that we kind of borrowed from Judaism a bit is every Friday we don't do Shabbat. We don't keep Shabbat dinner, but every Friday, instead of uh, just dinner, wherever we are eating, whether it's by ourselves with other people or whatever, we stop the dinner and ask everyone or ourselves what we're grateful for. And these are really simple. Like these things that I'm mentioning take five minutes. They're not complicated. And they, you would be surprised at how hard they are to keep. It's hard to do anything consistently, especially it, it flies completely in the face of everything that media is giving us right now, which is constant choice, constant change, constant distraction, constant everything to keep, now, is that, does anyone meditate? Anyone here meditate? Okay. Do you do it every single day at the exact same time for since you started? Any show of hands? Oh, yeah. Like everyone's like, one person's like really hand up. Well, every Daniela's like, I definitely do. Everyone else is like, what? because it's so hard to keep it. Um, and that's an everyday practice, right? And so these are even 
easier theoretically they're like every week every other week emails go out about it and it's still hard to do and so when we look at these wisdom traditions what they really help us do is keep some form of consistency and they're not mad at us when we miss them and they let us come back to them and they're always there it's pretty cool like your meditation practice is not mad at you you might be mad at yourself for missing your meditation practice but you can still come back there's no punishment um, if you look at what like a priest or a rabbi did like nobody goes to church every sunday you go to church as much as you can and the priest is like oh i'm really happy you're back here like where were you i missed you so what what the goal is today is to try to help every individual use these ancient frameworks that are really simple um oh i want to see your reminders list me um that's awesome um that's super cool thanks for sharing and me how do you do that every day well i get it on my phone screen so maybe i do it for one second or maybe i spend 30 seconds thinking about that specific item on the list but yeah i do it every day so you get all of them at the same time or you get all of them no, at different they're, they're, times so you see them for at least one second yeah it's different hours so once some are in the morning some are in the evening that's awesome that's super cool that's that's such a unique way to use your phone to does anyone else have like um rituals that they keep right somewhat regularly whether they're daily or weekly or monthly does anyone have specific ones they want to share so you can't see raise your hand I saw C uh, I saw CK and uh Lucy. Do you want to share it all? Cool. Looks like you're typing. Oh, cool. CK, you unmuted. What what were you gonna share? Oh sure. I mean I have a lot of rituals. Um affirmation, breath work, meditation burpees stretching like tons and you're able to keep it every day every day or every week or how do you set up your schedule yeah so i use an app called streak so i track them but the the thing that i kept the longest is meaningfully serve someone every day so that's that's one how thing do you how does, that hmm? how does that work how does that work how does it work how does it work just yeah, how do you like? Them. How does that look in practice? Yeah, yeah. Just call somebody up and then ask them what is it that they need, literally, and then offer whether it's every day for the last 151 days. Yeah, that's awesome. How do you pick the person? Just whatever the universe sends my way. Very cool. Yeah. And do you, uh, so these are kind of daily practices that you've kept for a long time. Do you have, um, does anyone have any practices that are annual? I'm in the ocean for the full moon. I love that. Do you do an, do you have a specific, um, Lucy, I'm going to call on you a little bit. Do you have a specific 
time of year that you do your dieta or is it just you do one every year? No, it's once a year. I decided to do a dieta once a year for a month. And it's and it's in a calendar or it's when it, if you feel called? Um, whenever I feel called and have the time to actually take an entire month off to completely disconnect from everything because the dieta is more of an isolation dieta. That's great. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I love two of the three people that responded added swim in the ocean. I'm also a swimmer in the ocean, but I don't have a ritual around it. I just try to do it as much as possible. Um, so I, I, no surprise here that there's lots of great rituals and, and things in this, in this group. Um, one of the things and one of the things that I found in my life that I'm I'm trying to work on that I think might be helpful to, to share and to create any type of discussion around is I've done a lot of these uh, meditation retreats where you kind of are offline for 10 days, you sign up meditation retreat and you learn this technique. And at the end of it, they say, okay, great. Now you need to meditate um, for two hour, one hour a day, twice a, twice a day for the rest of your life. And I fail every time. I've done it four times over 20 years and I've never kept it consistent um, because it's almost impossible for me. I then did like Vedic meditation and they were like, you got to do 20 minutes twice a day or it doesn't work. And, you know, if I miss one day, I miss another day, then I'm like, ah, well, I guess I don't do it anymore. And so I found daily rituals, something that set me up for failure because if I miss it, then I missed it and I don't do it. Um, and so what I'm working on right now is, and, and I don't, there, there's very, you know, the daily rituals are so hard to accomplish that one of the only faiths that has a very specific daily ritual is Islamic faith. And it's the call to prayer. And it's so hard to do it on your own. Has anyone ever spent time in an Islamic country? Do you, is that, for the people who are, do you know how they help people keep the call to faith? They literally installed microphones and speakers or speakers on the top of every building in town and they blast it as loud as possible five times a day. It, it, that's how hard it is to do it, that that's, that's the, the solution. Um, and so... When that's beautiful, it's a beautiful solution if you can live in a in a place. Um, prayers are very soothing. Um, yeah, do, Daniela, do you like hearing it every day? Like, does it does it help you? Yeah, so I experience different type of uh, prayers because uh, um, I also lived in uh, Yangon in Myanmar for a year and a half. So I was exposed to the chant of the monks. Um, and now I moved to Dubai and uh, you're right, like five times per day, there are these uh, speakers with the prayers. And look, I think whatever it's the religion, whatever is in the format of um, sound, uh, mantras, prayers, it's, uh, it's powerful and soothing. So beside which religion, uh, 
these prayers are from. I feel that whatever is connected to the to, to sound, its energy and is resonating with our uh, body. It's beautiful. I mean, I I um I don't I have to admit I don't love the one that's at like five in the morning. <laughs> if I'm sleeping, uh, but the rest are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, unless I'm awake, then it's cool. Um, but I, I I bring that one up to because I think it's really I think it's really important, like community and the community that you live in, and the people that you surround yourself with, are so important to helping you keep the rituals that you set up and the intentions that you have. So much so that you know close to a billion people have decided that the best way to do it is to install speakers on the top of the tallest buildings and play them out of unfortunately low quality speakers um, as loud as possible all the time. Um, and so if you're doing it by yourself, it's likely going to be hard. And if you haven't set up what specifically you want to do and when you want to do it, it's also going to be really hard. And if you don't know what rituals you want to keep and when, then it will be impossible for you to tell anyone else to help you keep them. And it will be impossible to find other people that are keeping them at the same time because you don't know when you're doing them. So in this world where we are going, where we're all rejecting at some level, following along, you know, all of the, I, I, at this point now, I look at all of the faith traditions as um, helping people keep the same rituals. Right? They all help people keep the same stuff. So if we're rejecting a path or a specific path and, and choosing to do it on our own, why not at least take the step to plan it a little bit? But that's what, we're working on right now so i i wonder if looking at the template let's let's not do the rites of passage um one the like lifetime one but more um like let's look more along the annual path of the movement of the sun and the moon around the earth. Now, because I find daily practice almost really hard to keep, I'd love to shift this from daily ritual to annual ritual. This discussion and, and, and how everyone's conceptualizing it. Because again, we can, it's about to be new year's. We're all going to set up our life every day. I'm going to meta wake up. I'm going to, eat a lemon water with apple cider vinegar and meditate and do 10 Kriyas and jump in the, and that'll last for like December, like January 4th. Um, and then the whole thing. So instead, what I want to give a suggestion of is what if we set up, what if you thought about the solstices and the equinoxes? What are something that you want to keep Every spring, every fall, every summer, and every winter. <laughs> I think Mihai's um, suggestion was great. Um, so 
I know this is maybe abnormal for a podcast or for a video call, but I want to do just like three minutes of like of silence. Everyone's on a device of some sort. So you have something to write with. Think about one of those, maybe two, if you have the time, but what do you want to do every spring? or at least this upcoming spring or fall or summer or winter, pick a solstice or an equinox that, that that resonates with you and maybe fit in something that you already do around that time. Maybe pick something that exists currently. Like I, you know what? I want to keep Passover or like, you know what? I want to do, I want to do, um, I'm going to do Easter. Or something I want to do, it's the fall, I want to do a letting go ritual. Like, I want to do my dieta every year at the winter solstice. Um, this is the schedule that life gives us. What is something that you would want to do at that moment? And does that sound like a good plan for like, and then we'll, and then we'll just take a few minutes and share out and kind of hear what people have in mind. Does that feel like a good idea? So we'll just take a couple, I'll set a timer for three minutes um, and then we'll come, we'll come back and, and we'll start sharing after three minutes. But this is, this is rare that you get a chance to think deeply about what you want to do next year in your life with a group holding you. So setting a timer and take the opportunity to do it. Your, your-
Ping. All right, did everyone figure it all out uh, in three minutes? Did you plan the entire next 20 years of rituals? Um, extra credit, bonus points if anyone did. Um, but congratulations, you get your own religion. Um, so um, anyone want to share either a ritual that they want to keep or an experience they had trying to figure it out let's go yeah christina hi yeah um so this year i was introduced to the way of tea um, which was really a beautiful uh ceremony that's something that oh uh, yeah yeah um which i have to say um if anyone on the call isn't familiar with the way of tea um it's quite a bit more yes <laughs> It's quite a bit more than just boiling water um, and throwing it in a cup of tea. I think that's that's a good uh, starting point um, if you're already a lover of of the ritual of of sitting down with a beautiful cup of of beverage and sustenance. But um, but the way of tea is this beautiful ceremony where you get to sit in silence and enjoy um, you know what what the earth brings you um, in a very pure and, and um, unadulterated way. And I've sat in enough tea ceremonies at this point that I have such a strong draw to becoming a facilitator and sharing it with other people and sort of spreading the good word um, for what, you know, sitting around in, in silence and this um, reverence for tea, um, what that accomplishes for, for people. So, so yeah, for 2024, I'm excited. I think the way of tea is, is the way for me anyways. And and how what so that's beautiful. Um, I that's a ritual that I, I try to keep as regularly as possible as well. Um, is there a, a way to keep that that is a once a year thing? Is there no, like a, so, a once a year so way to do it, or is it is it is this more of a daily daily ritual? So I think of it ideally like meditation right i think if it can become a daily ritual then you know we're all the better for it um i've in my experience i've sat through about 10 tea ceremonies um in 2023 so you know that's a pro like close to about one per month um which in my estimation is far too few um <clears throat> but i think um yeah i think it you know, let's go back to meditation for a second. I think, you know, in the beginning, you get really excited about meditation and learning how to sit and becoming and and, and int integrating it as a daily ritual. Um, and so, you know, there's like an intensity. If you're if you're somebody who, who, you know, really feels deeply into these practices, there's an intensity when you start out. Um, and so I feel that kind of intense draw towards the way of tea right now. But I think, you know, as time goes on, and this is what I've seen in my meditation practice, which is, um, you know, I'm now content with it being a practice that I can return home to when I know I need it. So there's an intuitive pull over time to the practice. And that's how I see it, you know, kind of playing out in the future. 
Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, does anyone else have a have an annual ritual that they want to keep potentially one time per year? I see uh, Floor. Is that did I pronounce your name right? Yeah. Hi. Um, one of the things that I've found really um impactful for me is celebrating art. And especially the, the work that I make, I usually tend to keep it only for myself. And then, um, but having a moment like one time a year to share it with others, I think is really powerful and not from a place of wanting to make money off of it or like, you know, to build a name for myself. That's not really why I'm doing it. And like, I, I have it very much as a, it is really informed by my meditative practice and my spiritual work. Um, so I think that that would be something that I would like to more actively do would be to have an art party where I can share it with all my friends and rather, you know, like a birthday party, but for my art. When, when would you do your art party? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, all for suggestion based on what we've been chatting yeah. about. So pick. Maybe like Equinox. I like the Equinox. Do you want the summer Equinox or the winter Equinox? Both. They have totally different energies. Oh, great. So we got, we went to two. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, they have totally different right. energies, right? Like one is very expansive mm -hmm. and the day is super long and it's full of light. It's symbol. And then, but where it symbolizes moving towards darkness. Another one is like super dark. The day is super short, but it symbolizes moving towards light. Mm -hmm. So which, what do you think that they would have different energies? The, the parties, do you think that you can commit to maybe one of them in this upcoming year? I could commit to one. I think two is a little much right now. Um, Two's always I, more harder to do than one to start with anything. Yeah, exactly. I think I would do the the summer. Um, shoot, gosh! Now that you said about it, like the light going into the dark and the dark going into the light. Um, I think the dark going into the light is a really powerful message to share with others. It sounds like you got an art party in about nineteen days. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, what about three hundred? No, you could do it. You could do it three hundred and seventy-one days. So. I think I think I could do the the summer one, and then I'll see if I can do the winter one next year. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I I know that uh, there's a an awesome group here that's following along and everything. So we'd all love an invitation to your uh, equinox art party. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. See, see how um, challenging it is to kind of set these things, but how like, but then how helpful it is to say like, oh, I have it. I didn't even have to think of a date. Like the universe kind of gave me a date that makes sense to organize around, and I, I can keep kind of annual around. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would, I would um, suggest one thing. Like what we tend to do, especially this time of year, is like really stretch and be like all right like i said like i said earlier it's like okay, i'm gonna do like 
5,000 hours of meditation every morning. And then I'm going to like jump on my head and drink lime juice and do a fast. Just make it really simple. I'm going to do one art party at the summer equinox. Boom. That's it. Don't need to do 11. You don't need to do two. Just one. Something that's really, you know, the, one of the most successful rituals in the world is Shabbat dinner. And it's like literally the ritual is like have dinner and get drunk with friends. It's like it that's that's the ritual. Uh it, and and so it's set set easy, achievable things. Um Tatiana, I I, I see you got your hand up. Hi guys. Um so for me I have two things. One is the annual ritual um thought. Somebody shared this practice with me um, maybe a month ago. And this person went into really deep spiritual education and learning. And what he had to do every once a year, he had to write on a specific day how he imagined he will die. And at first, it sounded super scary. But actually, so... <laughs> As he went on with this practice, he said um, it becomes incredibly profound exercise for yourself as you imagine how you're going to die and how you actually, and you write a letter, you write it in a physical form. So I thought, okay, um, maybe dying, it could be a little bit dark, but since you're talking about, you know, the end of the cycle, beginning of the cycle, there also has to be something about rebirth. And I'm Ukrainian, so we have this tradition of like a, of a banya, which is like a steaming space with a deep heat. Um, it's a dry heat, so it's not like a sauna, um, where effectively you're immersed in four energies of like fire, water, um, earth, and air in an extreme but dry heat, and everything is coming out of you, and then you kind of emerge and swim naked in ice water somewhere. So these two things, they kind of go hand in hand. And um, I also would like to share one daily practice that I do. And to keep, keep at it, I set an alarm every day at three o'clock, no matter, even if I'm in a meeting, I will step out and try to do it for one minute. It's very difficult to keep track of it, I have to say but practice basically involves a very small thing and apparently i'm only on a day 17 so don't take my word for it but if if anybody will can manage to do this for 90 days it creates incredible um shifts in our conscious and subconscious mind and how we operate overall so the practice is like this you take your hand okay and you draw with your finger, so I don't know if you can see me, basically on the palm of your hand, a, a spiral like this. And you keep doing it for 60 seconds and that's it. So at the, yes, exactly. So set the time and the key to this practice is that you do it in exact time every day, no matter what, on one hand only for 90 days. And it's, it's actually, you were talking about two hours meditation a day is challenging. I mean, this is bloody hard. 
uh, because your mind tells you that is a pointless exercise is you're busy, you have more important things to do, and there's no point in doing this anyway, but you have to keep going. And that's like, anyway, that's what I'm struggling with right now, but I'm doing my best. And, I, I love um, this. Can, last... I ask, can I ask you one question? Can I ask you one question? Yeah. When, this is awesome. There's so much to, to open up here. Um, when will you do your Banya ritual? So actually, traditionally, we do this for New Year because it's like a, you cross the border into a new year. So you, you everything behind, I think, for people to have opportunity where you are forgiven. Almost like, you know, like we we live our lives and we do our mistakes and it's, you know, whatever. But then it has to be one day of the year where you just cross over and whatever you have done, you have forgiven yourself for. And you are brand new and clean to step into a new year. Uh, with fresh start it's like fresh start is like <laughs> i think the best thing so, so you would do it at new you would do it at new year yes i would say probably on 21st of december if we if we keep to something like powerful days so maybe 21st yeah. of december also it could be done on uh, 21st of june that's also a very powerful day um yeah i mean you can do it many ways it's it's like look the way i i think rituals are super so, important. so hold on so here let me, let me ask you like i'm just going to ask you a question because this is and this is why we're doing the course because this is so hard to do the whole idea is that there are like five really powerful days in the year yeah um um and we want to set rituals up to do them there's the solstices and the equinoxes four of them and then there's lunar new year or calendar new year whichever one you decide and the hardest thing for us as individuals in this modern world is to say this is when i will do this thing and then actually doing it and this is what all the religions and the wisdom traditions just do for us it's like everyone i know is going to do naked ice plunge banya experience on the 21st of december and so it gets really easy to do it but if you're doing it yourself you have to kind of pick one so my yeah, suggestion right. would be like and it's really hard like i mean it's you know it's it's hard um so i would just suggest for the upcoming year to say this ritual that you want to annually keep First of all, I do that ritual every day as much as I can because that's my favorite thing in the world. I've set wow. my entire life up to basically drink tea and do banya cold plunge um, and sit and look at talk to my computer all day long. Um, <laughs> which is, I wish, I wish talking to my computer and sending WhatsApp messages was a health ritual that I could keep. Um, but uh, I would suggest if you're going to do it as a ritual, like pick a moment. And then I also want to open up and talk about this a little bit because I love this because anything that you do every day will change your life. Whether it's something you do unconsciously, whether it's something you do consciously and the hardest, I mean, think about the concept of meditation. It's literally doing nothing. There can't be anything much easier than not doing anything. And the hardest thing in the world to do 
is to meditate every day. And this shows you why. Because anything that you try to keep with intention every day is really, really wildly complicated and challenging. That they're um, wildly challenging. And it will change your life if you do it. And then starting with this or anything, I always used to say you can just do this for 30 seconds every day. Almost everyone would fail. Oh, this is why setting up things that are really simple to do are really important. Complexity is, is is the recipe for failure. You had another thing you wanted to share as well. Um, yeah, just last one with, with the group, um, my life hack, uh, because I, I believe in rituals. I believe that um, the ritual has this power. Uh, it brings us into presence, and that's actually the only key we need. Um, so when we do something consciously and fully present, it's the magic. So um, again, somebody once taught me this a very simple thing which I am practicing at the moment. I'm not as consistent as I wish to be, but I'm doing my best. And it's whatever I do, maybe I do breath work, maybe I just walk outside, maybe I just drive like like now. I say to myself that um, I dedicate this moment to God. And just saying these two like simple things actually makes the whole thing all another level. And it makes it special. And I'm present and I'm doing it with intention. And I remember why I'm doing that. So thank you guys. Great to have you. Thank you, Zach. Great talk today. Awesome. Does anyone else have, uh, did anyone find this incredibly easy and picked a couple rituals that they want to keep or picked a, a ritual for a time of, and a time of year that they want to keep? If you did just, just unmute and, 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 and fire it up that I can't see everyone's and Julie, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, um i was just thinking because i'm i'm swimming you know i do see swimming i love it and originally i started doing it because there is a connection with the 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 ocean with with the sea with the water and as it's it's now become something even very social it has lost the spirituality of it it's just now we're just going swimming with the friends so maybe once a year to have to turn that back into something more that honors the the actual element and that honors the connection with the sea rather than just being the act of swimming just by itself so i'm not i'm not quite sure what shape it would take but something down that line that's uh that that's what you got me thinking about thank you awesome i thank you so before we, we end the call, I want to hear one person who said, I picked the summer solstice and pick or the equinox, and I have a ritual that I want to do on that day. Did anyone come up with one? So this is awesome. This is why we're, this is why, uh, Lu- Lucy, okay, you have a, you do a darkness retreat when? But when would you want to start it? Okay, so winter equinox. Great. 
So the, the, I want to close here with, do you see how hard it is? We have like 25 people who are really researching this stuff and really paying attention to this stuff. And no one, given the exercise, pick a solstice or an equinox and pick one ritual that you want to do every year and commit to zero people came up with one. Mm -hmm. And every religion, every wisdom tradition, every faith practice, this is what they're set up to do. So if you're going to do your own practice, and if we're going to design our own things, we have to do the hard work and actually design our life. And it doesn't mean what are your business goals? What's your financial goals for the year? What's the meditation practice? It's what are the rituals that I want to keep as a human? What do I find important to do? Given that I'm trying the menu of all the rituals that exist in the world, what's one that resonates with me that I want to teach my kids to do? That I want to enroll my community in supporting me with? That I want my best friends to do with me? But this is what we're doing over at Namuna. Now, if you're not, I'm going to type in the website here. Um, here is the website and there's also the instagram um we're about to publish a 1100 page library of every ritual rite of passage and annual ceremony that all of the faith traditions of the world do it's an active document that we're creating to help people discover what people do at the spring equinox and the summer solstice why do they do it and help people communicate we're creating courses right now to help people think about the things that they want um, to do and a guide and, and, and a program to guide people through creating them. And the, the idea is that many of us will choose to do similar things at similar times. And that from there we can help build communities of support. Um, and, but just so you know, we have a course of, we have a course that just started with about 30 people also, no one could come up with this exercise. Zero people came up with what they wanted to do in the exercise, which is why we're doing the course. Um, so we're hope, we're helping to build, we're trying to get resources together for this to become easier for folks to help give some type of shape and form into the life of all these options that we're given today and to rely really heavily on um, ancient practices and wisdom traditions of old times because they 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 put they put a lot of thought into this um and if you jump on the website sign up for the newsletter we're publishing a newsletter uh every new moon we're doing uh what community events that are happening around the world from people that are doing meditation trainings to things like pawa to um tea retreats to um, anything that is in the world of this and we're also publishing things that are happening on solstices, equinoxes, new moons and full moons uh, and we're starting to develop it quite rapidly uh, if you have things that you're doing submit them to us we'll get them in the newsletter um, does anyone have any any questions or anything before before we wrap Christina I mean I have one thing to say like I always thought that I wasn't doing enough you know like why I couldn't keep up the daily ritual. It's just like what you were talking about. Oh, it's so hard. It's so this, it's so that. I am like, I've been around really intense people who are just like, there was always this mentality that we're not good enough, that we're not performing enough, that we're not doing it right enough. And I like this, um, like easing it up and giving a wider structure rather than the 24 hour cycle. 
That's it. Thank you so much. That's very few, very few traditions force people to create things that they do and multiple of them every single day. Very few ancient traditions do that. And very few of them are unforgiving. So thanks for noticing that. Uh, it, it's, we're, we're hard on ourselves, especially us driven kind of by this Western mindset. And this stuff is life's supposed to be not hard. Christina, you had something? Yeah, I had two um, <clears throat> comments or questions. One is I wanted to touch back on um, that email that you had said that you had set up. Um, <clears throat> and so this is probably fodder for an entire other discussion, but I'm really interested in the ways in which we can use technology that's, you know, sort of out of the box and ready to use to help us facilitate, you know, these rituals and, and to kind of carve out and plan out our, our lives around these rituals. I'm really interested in that because it's something that I've done myself. I use Notion to um, kind of carve out my days, my weeks, my months. Um, okay, so that's one thing. And then the second thing is uh, winter equinox is coming up. And so I wanted to see if you were willing to uh, leave us with a, a little inspiration for for winter equinox. Like what would what inspiration would you like? What am I what am what are what am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What do you think? Maybe irrespective of of where each of us lives or what resources are available to us, you know, what is maybe even just an intention, something that, you know, we can kind of go into that day. I think it's the 21st of December. So what is the what is something that we can sort of start to, you know, nibble in our minds um as we go into that day? So for me, it's funny, um, you picked the one that's the hardest for me. It's also my birthday three days later. And I also tend to have, because I don't follow the traditions of the past uh, and because it's my birthday and because there's a lot of family stuff involved for me, I tend to get really sad around that time. And so I'm like throwing all these strategies against the wall to try to figure out like, what is it that I would want to celebrate? And I think what what I've done the last years that I'll probably build on is for the solstice. I kind of do a year and like a, like a, like a simple year in review, like what, what worked really well in this past year? What, like, what did I really like? Um, and then I do, what do I want to let go of? Like what, did it, what it attached itself to me that I want to let go of and I burn it. You know, I, and then the the burning it kind of for me symbolizes like leaving the past year and then we're moving into the light of the new year. Um, I, I'm debating whether or not I want to do intentions for the new year around that time uh, as well. Or if I want to save it for a, like a lunar new year experience, which is what I'm kind of thinking about, what it would feel like for me to keep my new year with the moon calendar instead of with the the western calendar so for me the the winter solstice is is this year will be a lot around reflection and letting go and for me i love the idea of fire and if you don't have a fireplace or anything you just like you can like just light a piece of paper on fire on a plate and put it in the fridge and then put it in the sink 
you know, just don't let your smoke alarm go off and don't burn your house down. But um, like, it's super simple. You can use a candle in the sink and just burn stuff. The act of like letting go and actually burning things are awesome. Um, and can be quite profound. Um, so, so my rituals, because I want to keep them, I make them really easy. I can get that done in five minutes. If I wanted to, I can like really, you know, a, a writing coach once told me, it's like, they were like, don't write for an hour, write for five minutes. Sometimes you'll end up writing for an hour. If you write for an hour every time, some you'll often never write because you have to write for the whole hour. But if you just write for, at least you get started. So some of these things, especially because we're keeping them alone is so important to just like do it. Simple, easy, just do it. Five minutes. What do I, what, what, what worked well for me? Uh, this, 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 what do I want to let go of this, 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 burn it. Um, or you could like light sage and like do a meditation and do breath work and, you know, or whatever you could do whatever you want. Um, or you could just make it starting really simple. Um, what, um, and so I want to, so I want to address a question that uh, Clemence, was that your name? Did you want to say it out loud or you want me to read it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, um, that uh, I don't mind. I, so basically, uh, ah, I'm sorry. No, please go ahead and ask your question to the group and then we'll have a discussion. Yeah, so um, 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 when thinking about rituals and and how religions have uh, used them, etc., I personally felt that um, um, maybe sometimes we were overlooking them, but in, a, in another um, sense, in... in, in in a way that because it it becomes a ritual then you know uh, you just um like everyone does it so you, you do it and something like this um um which uh, which makes the the ritual in, in the end uh, meaningless because you there is no more consciousness it's just that yeah my family does it or the society does it and 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 you're not even aware like about the 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 um, the deep meaning the connection to 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 something uh, to the community or or anything uh, in specific and um, so I was wondering if um, at the same time not only about uh, if um, if ha having a ritual in specific could um, could remove the 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 consciousness aspect uh, of of the action. But also, if maybe the ritual could be the manner in doing a, a, a certain action and not the action in itself, um, it's just questions I'm I'm asking myself. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think any ritual kept, whether or not you. Whether an, any ritual kept in community, whether or not you believe in it, has one major impact is it helps build community. Whether or not you believe in anything that's going on at midnight mass at church, it doesn't matter. If you go every time, you'll see people, you'll see community, and it will have an impact of marking time, giving you access to your people. 
here unless you just like go and don't talk to anyone and leave right any ritual kept create helps keep community whether or not it has meaning behind it or spiritual aspect behind it many of us have turned away from those because we want something to have a deeper meaning if you go through it mechanically and have no idea why you're doing it then yes it becomes it loses its thing and I think that's why a lot of us have turned away from doing ones that don't speak to us anymore because the mythology doesn't speak to us anymore. But if you decide to do something and you say, I'm going to keep it every year for, for, for five years, for one year, for three years, it, it can't lose. It's just because you've named it as a ritual, you've given it your own meaning. And, and I think we need to have an awareness of why we're doing things. If you have an awareness of why you're doing it, it can't lose its meaning. The meaning is to mark the passage of time, the observable moments in the life that happen. You know, and that's just the point. For some reason, that has been really impactful to us as humans. So regardless of like what you do, if you do something regularly at those moments in time, it gives some type of mystical shape to a year that helps it become, give it form. And you can apply as much or as little meaning as you want to it. The real game is just to do something. Even if you're sitting by yourself and being like, this time of year, I like, I think, okay, it's the summer solstice. I'm not going to do anything. Okay. Even just remembering that it's that and knowing that it was coming is helpful. Is that is that help like the question a little bit? Like just because you turn it into a ritual doesn't make it mindless. Okay. So this is this is this is the experiment, right? This is your next question is really interesting. The community is built if you choose to do things in community. The only way the, the, you'll find if you try to keep a ritual, the easiest way to keep it is to do it with somebody else. But that's just where it leads to. It's almost impossible. Like the first step is like noticing that you want to do things at this period in time. The second step is trying to do it again. If everyone has their, there's only so many things you can do like as a person and people tend to think that they're really unique. Like, People tend to think that they're really unique. Um, and, they're, and they're not. Like, there's only so many things we can do. So if everyone chooses to do something on the summer solstice, most people will be doing things that a lot of other, like a lot of people will be doing things that a lot of other people are doing. Very few people are going to be doing things that are completely unique and new. Does that make sense? Um, so that's, that's the idea. And then when we do a ritual, especially doing something and that's we are fully in the moment being present. Yes, absolutely. So that's how community starts to get built in my experience. The past is you find people that are doing it like you, even if you make it up completely on your own, you likely will find other people that are doing something really similar. Yeah, it was just um, 
thinking what new rituals we could um, build together in the power community because there are a lot of people that are aligned and a lot of uh, people practicing similar things so i think uh, the only ritual that we currently have is this weekly community call um and i also wanted to to thank you for today and to as you've noticed a lot of people have started leaving we we have reached uh, the the allotted time for for this call so if you want to draw any conclusions uh, i think that would be that would be a good thing or if anybody has any questions i'm super super grateful for for what happened here today thank you and Mihai, I can throw one. If people want a version of the course um, one by one, we're starting to, we're developing a guide program to help people kind of design these things. If people want to reach out to us through the Namuna website, we can help kind of people along through, since the group course has already started, we're starting to do uh, like one by one sessions. Um, so if people are interested in continuing this conversation or want to work with us, we're happy to, um, happy to help. This is what we're, I'm so excited about this stuff right now, and I I love the conversation. So, thanks for having me.